Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, Montana? Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here today on your Friday. Another rainy day. I can't believe it. All I like to do in the spring and summer months, either hike, float the river, or golf. None of that's happening when it's raining like this. So hopefully we get some sunshine sometime. But we do have some fun football on the horizon next week. It's the East-West Shrine Games. So we're going to keep our interview series regarding that and keep keep on catching up with some of these guys that are going to the Division One ranks for football from the state of Montana. We'll get that kicked off here in just a minute. Tommy Nielsen in studio with us here today. Recent graduate of Hellgate High School. He's headed to Montana State. So we'll go through the most recent track season and the rest of his high school sporting career and the decision to go to MSU. Also going to talk some NBA Finals, some FCS football. We also are going to talk about the end, finally, of the academic and athletic calendar for this year, 21-22, because tonight Big Sky Conference Sports officially wrap with several young men competing at the national championship in Eugene, Oregon for outdoor track and field. Duncan Hamilton and Levi Taylor, both Montana natives, they'll run in the finals of the NCAA 
uh, steeplechase final t- this evening. Drake Schneider will run about an hour after them. He is from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, but a guy who is uh, definitely a national championship contender as well in the long hurdles. And then tomorrow, Lucy Corbett participates in the high jumps. So we'll talk our way all the way around the outdoor championships. We also got some Paddleheads baseball for you. Paddleheads wrap up their homestand tonight before they hit the road tomorrow. Uh, so one more chance for you to see them uh, during this little home spurt. And uh, they're looking for their sixth win in a row over the Billings Mustangs so far earlier in the year. Second hour, a fun second hour. Our great friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, she'll join us about 5 o'clock. And this is fun. This is actually just completely happenstance. But we have selected our Mattress Firm Student of the Year. We've been doing Mattress Firm Student of the Weeks each week throughout this academic school year. And we have our Mattress Firm Student of the Year. It's Amia Lords. She's a recent graduate of Belt High School, uh, Class C standout. But she'll be in studio because she was actually coming to Missoula for completely different reasons. And I said, hey, you want to sleep by the studio? It's only going to take about 10 minutes. So uh, she will be with us about 530. So we're excited to have her live and in person uh, on the show. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. If you want to watch and or stream the show outside the radio, the TV, ESPN Montana app is a great way to do it. You can also go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. So you can find this show any which way you possibly can listen and or watch Sports Talk Radio. So appreciate you tuning in no matter how you're doing it. But go get that app. It's a great way to keep up with this show live and archived as well as follow Grizz Lacrosse, Grizz Hockey when the seasons are upon us. If you want to be a part of this show, give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that because... It's a Friday, so that means it's Friday Pie Day presented by Front Street Pizza. We got a free large pizza for you about 5.15, so stay tuned for that. We'll keep reminding you, but keep the the radio right here, and we'll give you an opportunity to call in and win yourself some dinner uh, here on a Friday night. Also, because it's a Friday, means it's a Floco Friday. Florence Coffee, happy uh, to provide us with some caffeine each Friday night. Friday night, you can stay up late. No matter where you're at in Missoula, there's a Florence Coffee Company near you. Game four of the NBA Finals tonight, a pivotal game for sure. So we're going to get into that in just a little while. But we got a fun guest in studio, our uh, series chronicling the guys that are going Division One in football from across the state of Montana continues. And it's our second straight day we get to h- hang out with a recent graduate of Missoula Hellgate. Tommy Nielsen in studio with us. He's headed to Montana State next fall. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. So first of all, congratulations on graduating. Has it sunk in yet, or how's it feel? You're, you're only a couple days out of high school now. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of questions like, are, are you sad? Are you happy? And, like, I'm kind of just, like, right now, kind of indifferent. It's, like, been building up all year. Knew it was coming, but I'm sure at some point something will kick in. I'll either miss it or I'll be like, heck yeah, it's over. Well, it's it's uh, it's so interesting too because you just got done with track and field just a couple weeks ago. You had a great performance at the state meet, uh, especially in the shot put. We'll get to that in a minute. But the fact is you're going to play football again this next week, right? So the Shrine game's on the horizon. You're playing on the team? Yeah. yeah. S- sweet. So uh, what do you think of this opportunity to just uh, suit it up one more time with your, your high school buddies and uh, also maybe some future teammates, some future rivals? There's all sorts of different stories at the Shrine game. Yeah, you know, like, 
the Shrine game's a big deal in Montana. There's it's been around for a long time. Uh, I think it's pretty crazy that I get to play with all these guys that for the past four years I've kind of, you don't really like them because they're on all these other teams. Sure, right. And uh, But I think it'll be cool to meet all these new guys and play with them and like get to work with a lot of top talent in the state. Yeah. It's always a great gathering. It's first and foremost, four outstanding cause. The raise of money for the Shriners Children's Hospital and uh, the Montana East West Shrine Game has been one of, if not the highest producing donations amongst the series of Shrine Games across the country. So let's keep that going. It's next Saturday in Great Falls at Memorial Stadium. And uh, the West will be practicing this upcoming week uh, in Butte. Actually, I was talking to one of your future teammates earlier today, uh, Dylan Snyder, who uh, is headed to Montana State. We'll play that interview next week because he told us some good stories about being back on Naranchi Field one last time and, and practicing on uh, those hallowed grounds, one of the best high school venues in the state of Montana. Um, but what do you think of that part? You, you go get to be teammates for the last time with a guy like Ian Finch, who was on the show yesterday, and then for the first time with a guy like Dylan Snyder, who's going to Montana State with you. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Like, you know, going to Montana State, most of your future teammates are actually going to be in the East, which right. is, I'll be playing against most of them. But with Dylan and, uh, you know, Ethan Abbott from Florence, he was supposed to be playing. I'm not sure if he is or not. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that I get to play with some of these future teammates, play against some of them. And then, like with Ian, this will be the last time. And then I'll be playing with a bunch of new Grizz guys, too, which will be funny. So... I think it'll be fun, though. Yeah, it should be a, a great experience. Tommy Nielsen, Missoula Hellgate graduate, in studio with us as we continue to make the rounds with interviews with guys that are headed to play Division One football for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. Um, you might, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys out, out east as well, like you mentioned. I mean, the Dowler Twins will be playing there for the Eastern squad. I'm, I'm sure probably uh, Rylan Schlepp, the big tight end from Bozeman Gallatin. So, uh what do you think of the in-state recruiting class, though? Because you guys, this last couple of years, has had a lot of really good guys in Montana. I mean, there's been a lot of Montana guys that have gotten chances with both the Cats and the Grizz. And it's always a battle in-state. But uh, what do you think of this group of guys you're coming in with? Have you got a chance to talk to them or know any of these guys yet? Or has it just kind of been, these guys are my opponents so far. Now they're going to be your teammates. No, I, I've definitely uh, talked to quite a bit of them. Uh, we've, they, they make, the Cats make sure to get us out there quite a bit. Yeah, uh, like to games and that sort of thing. And a lot of us went out to the spring game. Nice. And I got to really, like, talk to a bunch of the guys for the first time and really get to know them. And they're a bunch of great guys, and I'm excited to play with them. Yeah, it should be very fun. Well, we're going to get circle back around to football here in a little while, but I want to talk to you about the, the most recent uh, athletic stuff you were doing. Tell us about track, especially as a guy that are – they, are, they are they thinking offensive line or defensive line for you? At so uh, an offensive lineman, you, you go about, what, 6'4", 250 right now? Yeah, I'm like more like 270 now. See, that's good. So you're coming in with some good weight. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think track sort of added to it? Because it's more than just being big and strong, right? You need some footwork and stuff too. So as a thrower, a shot putter, do you think it helped you from a football standpoint? Yeah, I mean, shot and disc, they're kind of looked at as like the big guy sport. Not very athletic, but you look, you look deep into it. There's lots of footwork that go into uh, throwing shot and throwing disc. And I think... Uh, when you're constantly working on that, trying to get it down, I think it could definitely translate over. For sure. Well, uh, third place at the Class AA State Championship meet in the shot put, right? 
So uh, what went into Wait, the throw? Did you say third? Place? Yeah. What, what did you I end got, up? I got second. Second place, right? Okay. Maybe it was third in divisionals, but I, maybe I got. I my... actually didn't have a great shot. Oh, okay. Interesting. Six, but yeah. Well, so you you, you you bounce back then and get second. Yeah. Then that, I mean that's amazing. So um, first of all, how how'd you sort of uh, readjust mentally to, to go make that throw happen and get get that second place? Well. Uh, my goal all season was to hit 50. Yeah. Which, you know, in Montana, that's kind of a big throw. It's a good throw, around, yeah. It's not that good considering what other guys throw around the country, but that was still my goal. And I hit it, like, uh, a little past halfway into the season. And uh, I was hoping to recreate a throw like that in divisionals. And I just I, I threw a really good one, fell out of the ring, and uh, I just didn't really get another one that was good so right I'm, I, I had pre-qualified in both events, right but I, I barely made it and shot again on sixth place and then going into the state meet uh, I kind of pulled it together and threw a nice one and kind of secured a second place spot what does it feel like when you hit the the big throw I mean, do you know you did it yeah you, it, there's some times where it just it comes off your hand and you're like oh that's a good one yeah and uh, you're already getting happy you're already happy before it hits the ground but um, yeah, there's a lot of times where I throw a good throw and I uh, can't kind of can't keep it in. I like I clap my hands, go like let's go or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good feeling. What else do you think you, you gained from track and field uh, these last couple of years, but particularly your senior year? Uh, I think like the biggest thing with track in all events is you kind of compete against yourself. Sure, the absolutely. Thing. So it's like really good at setting goals and uh, making sure you get yourself better. Because, you know, you are competing against everyone else, but mostly yourself with, like, the whole idea of PRs and everything. So I think it's really good at helping you set goals is the biggest thing. Tommy Nielsen in studio with us, a recent graduate of Missoula Hellgate. He's headed to Montana State to play football. And the Hellgate track and field program is really good, and especially on the girls' side. I mean, you guys have some studs on the girls' yeah. side. What do you think of just following along and watching them? I mean, you guys got girls that are going to the ACC. I mean, Kelsey yeah. May is going about as big as you can go in track and field. So uh, what have you thought of just kind of being teammates with them, but also just following along with some of the girls on your squad? Yeah, it's actually uh, pretty cool to see. You know, our, our first day at State, uh, the, the girls' pole vault was the only event going, and uh, the whole team went to go watch. And... Uh, Hannah Moses from Hellgate won state right off the bat, so it was pretty awesome. Good to tone see center, that. yeah. Yeah, way, great way to start. And then, uh, oh gosh, I think Kenzie May. I don't, I don't know how many. I think she got like two or three championships in that meet. Yeah, and ran a sub five minutes in the mile, which was a very impressive yeah, to follow she's, along she's with. She's pretty, pretty mind blowing <laughs> to see what she can do. So yeah, it was pretty cool, and we got a lot of good long distance runners and sprinters and jumpers on the girls' side. So. Oh, it was. Uh, it, it's fun for Kenzie May too, because sometimes when you're so elite, it's hard to really get pushed. But she had a couple other girls in the state that were so good, too, so they were actually kind of battling it out. Like the girls from Helena High, those girls are, yeah. are really good, too. So uh, cool for her to have somebody to sort of uh, push her along uh, and sort of accentuate her talents all the way around. Did you play hoops this year? I did. So what did you think of the, the hoop season? Because it was an interesting year for Helga. You had a great stretch there, and you had that, that week where it was like, thrilling win after thrilling win right you guys had the big sky overtime yeah. game you had the uh the golden goat of course against uh sentinel at the at the dahlberg arena so um how did you just sum up your basketball season uh yeah it was it was very fun i i uh you know getting better at football i kind of like lost the connection with basketball a little bit, bit through the way and i, I loved basketball and yeah i think uh it's kind of hard when that flips for you right yeah. like when you do sort of go all in on football yeah 
for sure. But I think this season with uh, being able to really play it, because we didn't get the GOAT game last year, and right. I, I played in uh, I played varsity last year, and I didn't get to experience the GOAT game. So I think, like, being able to be a part of the, like, be in the gym, everybody making noise, uh, cheering for you, I think it really made basketball fun again. And uh, when the season ended, uh, you know, it was tough. So I think this uh, great season kind of reunited that flame. For sure. Well, it's uh, it's uh, there's no better place to play than Hellgate, right? I mean, Hellgate's gym is it's old, it's got funny sight lines, but it is packed in there, and people show out. I mean, you guys have had a hilarious student section forever, man. That's like a Hellgate tradition. So that must have been fun, just the element of playing in front of your classmates. Yeah, our our student section. I hate to brag, but I would say it's <laughs> the best in the state. We we show out to everything. We get loud. We love cheering people on. So I think it's pretty awesome to well, see that support. And you always have the Hellgate band in there too, right? Because yeah. you guys got a, a great band as well. Yeah, they are great. Tommy Nelson joined us in studio, Missoula Hellgate graduate, headed to Montana State to play football. Uh, so take us through the recruiting part of this thing then for the Cats. I mean, when did they first land on your radar? Probably went to junior day, I'm assuming. Um. Yeah, so, well, we didn't really have a junior day with right. and everything. Yeah, because it was, you guys were, this recruiting has been so strange these last couple of years for guys. It's kind of hard to get on campus and get people to show you around, right? Yeah, but uh, they had this elite camp, which was the first thing I was invited to in, like, June. It was, like, the first day of summer last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, last summer for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Hellgate used to always go to Bozeman for a team camp. And uh, I got some looks there, and they wanted to see how my senior season went. And I think, well, it must have went good enough because after the season they uh, wanted me to come out and play for them. Well, that's awesome. And Montana State has had uh, such a long string of great offensive linemen, and uh, they do such a good job of developing the in-state guys too. So, I mean, how much had you you followed the Cats before they started recruiting, and what have you thought of their offensive line the last couple of years? Um, Yeah, I mean, the – O-line, you know, you've got Lewis Kidd who just went out, and uh, I, I'm not sure if he did sign with the Saints. He is. He's with the Saints he right is. now, so he's trying to make a roster spot, but he was an All-American the last couple of years. a great player. Yeah, and you had uh, that Tuiasa Sopa. Taylor Tuiasa Sopa, all-big sky guy yeah, for sure. He was really good, too, and I think uh, they're, they're always producing some great O-linemen, which is pretty cool to be a part of. And you asked, like, had, had I been following along with him, and yeah, I'm like my family. We always had them turned on on the TV when we were when I was growing up. So I, I always kind of watched them, but I hadn't really been too <laughs> dug too deep into what's going on over there. For sure. Well, was it ever a battle for you, a Missoula guy going to Montana State, or when they when you first started to just learn about the program, were you all in? Well, uh, my biggest thing was uh, I kind of wanted to go to school there before. Sure. Really, even football was yeah. in the picture. It's. I figured if I, if I went to school in Montana, I think I'd want to go to Bozeman. Yeah. And uh, What's the draw? Is it academically? Yeah. Yeah, and I also, you know, I, growing up in Missoula, that's all I've ever known. Sure. I kind of want to get out there a little yeah. bit and see something new. So I mean, it's a sweet campus. It's yeah. blowing up right now. Bozeman's a great town, fun college town. So, that, yeah, it'll be fun for you. Yeah. No, I'm excited. So, uh, academically, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about... Uh, Maybe environmental environmental engineering. I don't Ooh, know good much one, yeah. about it, but it's kind of you hear stuff about it, this and that. I think that's something I could be interested in and try. Well, certainly one of the premier engineering schools in the country right now, Montana yeah. State is, and they, they do such a good job with guys that are athletes and engineering majors because it is 
you know, tough major, but they do have so many resources for you. So uh, that will definitely be fun. How about from a, a coaching staff perspective? Was it Coach Armstrong that was recruiting you primarily, or who was your primary recruiter? Uh, Bobby Daly. Okay, yeah, because Bobby's recruiting the western part of the state a little bit. That's right. Yeah, he was the one that spoke to me the most, and uh, he's actually uh, – I went to school with uh, my old line coach at Hellgate, uh, Slumberger. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Joe Slumberger, yeah, sure. Yeah. So he uh, kind of got me, was kind of the end with that and would talk to him a little bit. And so I, Bobby Daly was the guy that kind of re- reached out to me the most. Well, super cool. Bobby's a great friend of mine and uh, a great coach. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's recruiting this part of the state, uh, doing a good job at Montana State. You probably got a chance to be Coach Armstrong, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what, what do you think of Army? Because uh, he's done a good job for that with that offensive line for the six or seven years he's been in Montana State now. Yeah, he's, he's a great coach, uh, great guy. I'm I'm excited to see uh, like what how he can develop all of us and see like how much of a change I can make in my skills playing playing under his coaching and all that. I asked uh, Ian Finch this yesterday, and uh, Missoula Hellgate's Tommy Nielsen in studio with us today. If you missed Ian Finch yesterday, a great interview, and uh, he's also a Missoula Hellgate graduate. He's headed to the Grizzlies to play some football. But I asked him this yesterday, too. Uh, Hellgate football has had some tough times gaining some traction, but you guys were way more competitive this last handful of years. And as a credit to you guys as players, but also I Coach Morris for sort of at least setting the foundation for, for building it a little bit. But... How are you able to turn yourself into a Division One football player playing at Hellgate? Well, I think uh, there was we had well, like my cousin out in Whitefish. He uh, his he's trying to play college football, and uh, my uncle kind of was like, you know, you can you could probably do it too if you wanted to. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try it. And uh, me and Finch and Jake Swetland and Lane Cooney are all like, yeah, we're all. We all got the capabilities, and uh, we decided that we, that's what we wanted to do. And we put highlight tapes together, and then after the season, you know, we did everything we could to make ourselves better, working with trainers, working with ex-football players, trying to just perfect our game. Well, that's cool that you put in the work and then saw it pay off for you, too. What do you think playing for Hellgate taught you, and what sort of skills do you think you do take from the program that's going to help you at the next level? Well, I mean, you know, we're not... Hellgate's not the best team, you know, I, but I think one thing it shows you or teaches you is to like power through uh, those uh, low times. You know, there's games where you know we're losing by quite a bit, but you know, you guys also had a lot of close games too, a lot though, of right? Close games, yeah, yeah. And so those ones are tough to lose, but right. when you're down by a lot and you like push yourself to keep going and try and make the game as best as you can, I think that's something great you can learn to just keep pushing and then those close games you can uh you get you get used to that feeling of like riding high and then you're like oh you know tough one but i think there's lots of lessons you can learn well the uh, the news of you committing came november right yeah and then you got a chance to follow montana state's run all the way through it it was it was such a crazy year for the bobcats winning on the road at weber and eastern then coming to missoula falling on hard times in that game but then boom they take all the way off and go all the way to Frisco Texas so what'd you think of the run yeah it was it was awesome I'm like oh my gosh I I didn't really I didn't know what their playoff run was supposed to look like and every game I'm like all right let's see how they do and they just kept going and kept going and kept going like ah this is awesome I can't believe I get to be a part of this well, it's a, it'll be a super cool uh, experience for you. We're very happy for you. Tommy Nielsen, Missoula Hellgate, on his way to Montana State uh, to play football offensive line for the Bobcats. 
Uh, last thing for you, then, I mean, and that is cool that you sort of realized that you had this potential and then put in the work to make it happen. But now that you've earned it and now, now you're going to play in the Shrine game and then going to play at Montana State, I mean, what's this feel like? This has got to be pretty cool for you and your family to sort of see this thing come to fruition. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. My my mom and my dad weren't huge athletes, and, like, that really wasn't a part of their lives. So I think when uh, I started doing this, they're like, wow, this is pretty awesome that you were able to do this and go on and have these experiences. Well, congratulations, and uh, proud of you. And best of luck next week. That'll be fun to follow along, and best of luck with – with fall camp, that'll be an interesting experience yeah, for you yeah. too. But uh, we'll—I would say—we'll talk to you soon. But most of the time, the freshmen off limits to the media. So maybe we'll talk to you in a little while after uh, your first year at MSU. But thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Tommy Nielsen. The latest in our series of interviews on the guys that are going to go play for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies from the state of Montana. You can find all the rest of the interviews on the Nuanas Now podcast and. We'll continue to roll these things out. Dylan Schneider, future Montana State Bobcat from Butte, will join us next week. And also efforting a couple of the other guys. Probably going to have that uh, big quarterback from Helena High on who's coming to the Grizzlies, Caden Hewitt, who's joined us several times. Shrine Week seems like a good week for that, so stay tuned for that as well. We're going to talk some more FCS football and some NBA Finals right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. National championships and All-American honors will be on the line tonight in Tracktown, USA, and three Montana State standouts are in the mix among the nation's best runners. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Tonight at 7.24 p.m. Mountain Time, Duncan Hamilton and Levi Taylor will run in the finals of the men's steeplechase at the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championship meet in Eugene, Oregon. Each MSU runner is already guaranteed All-American honors after advancing with two of the top eight qualifying times in their respective semifinals final heats. Hamilton, a junior from Bozeman, ran the fastest qualifying time at the meet on Wednesday. The three-time All-American clocked in at 8 minutes, 23.19 seconds, the fastest collegiate time in the country this year. Taylor, a sophomore from Laurel, ran 8 minutes, 30.2 seconds, the seventh fastest qualifying time. At 8.27 p.m., Montana State senior Drake Schneider will run in the finals of the men's 400-meter hurdles. The Eau Claire, Wisconsin native is in his second national championship meet and is guaranteed his first All-American recognition after running an MSU record and personal best time of 49.08 seconds in the prelims. Snyder's qualifying time was the second fastest at the national meet. And finally, the Missoula Paddleheads are on a three-game winning streak after notching a 3-2 win over Billings on Thursday. Missoula's three-game homestand wraps up tonight against the Mustangs at Ogren Park Allegiance Field. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. 
Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having an okay rainy Friday. I don't know what else is. I saw actually on uh, SWX weather update that the eastern part of the state's burning up. I don't know why we can't get any of that here on June 10th. It's 87 degrees in Miles City today. It's just dumping buckets in Missoula today. <laughs> Nuana's now coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport. New to Missoula, new to Montana. Corner of Stevens and Mount here in the Garden City. Or you can find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. It's a Friday, so that means it's a Friday Pie Day presented by Front Street Pizza. Front Street Pizza, located right down there on Front Street. Of course it is. It's right across from the old public library, just a block up from the new public library, which, by the way, if you have not been to the new public library yet, you should go, especially if you have kids. But no matter who you are, you should go check it out. It's a great place. I love going there during the weekday afternoons and doing some of my work and uh, you know preparing this show. Big windows, lots of sunshine. If we ever get sunshine uh, here in Missoula, so go check out the public library. But also go check out Front Street Pizza, located right there uh, below Rome Student Housing. They got pizza by the slice the garlic knots man those are uh those are addicting for sure and we have a free pizza for you from front street pizza here in about mm, 45 minutes so stay tuned for that we'll prompt you we'll let you know we'll uh, tell you when to call in friday pie day free large pizza every friday presented by front street pizza of missoula a couple different things to get to first and foremost let's do a little prep extra action prep extra is brought to you by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. And we're actually going to talk about a couple. Well, first of all, here's, here's your main news brief from the uh, high school level. Uh, the Gatorade Player of the Year for softball was handed down yesterday. Kennedy Ver- Venner, excuse me, uh, of Billings Senior was named the Gatorade Softball Player of the Year. Venner is a senior right-handed pitcher and shortstop for the Billings Senior Bronx, who won the Class AA State Championship. Ready for some great stats? <laughs> I love I love the, the stats of the dominant pitchers at the uh, high school level in the state of Montana, because sometimes they're just ridiculous, including Venner, who went 16-1 this year. She had a 1.09 earned run average, and she struck out 262 batters in 112 innings. So a full two strikeouts per inning, which is an amazing rate. Uh, more than two strikeouts per inning. More like two and a half strikeouts per inning. So an amazing rate. Allowed just 66 hits. She was the uh, Class AA East Division Player of the Year. She fired two no-hitters and one perfect game. And uh, she also... Hit 250 and hit a pair of home runs as well. She's on the Billings uh, High School Student Council and a member of the Key Club. And uh, she has a 4.1 GPA, so a great student, and she's headed on a softball scholarship to play at Carroll College. So um, congratulations to Kennedy Venner, Billings Senior Bronx. The other uh, group I wanted to highlight is a group that participated in prep sports in Montana and now is at the college level. But yesterday, we had an interesting and fun discussion about track and field in the state of Montana. From the 
entry point that the best entry point for high school athletes, the the lowest barrier of entry for Division One sports is track and field because so often when you're playing team sports in rural states like Montana, people are strongly questioning constantly the level of competition you're playing against. So you're always sort of facing this preconceived bias of how how your athleticism might actually translate against others at higher levels of competition. Whereas in track and field, the mark is the mark is the mark, and that is it. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. That's why I love track and field. But also, as Tommy Nielsen from Missoula Hellgate just stated when he was talking to us about his second-place finish at the Class AA meet and the shot put, you're competing against yourself first and foremost, and that can help push you forward. And so I do think that you know if you're running state or regional or nationally elite marks when you're in high school, that's going to get you noticed. That's going to help you earn opportunities at a high level in track and field because the numbers are the numbers. But also, I think it's so cool what we're going to watch tonight in the men's steeplechase. Duncan Hamilton, a product of Bozeman High School. Levi Taylor, a product of Laurel High School. That's two of the top top eight steeplechase runners in the United States of America. So that's the other cool part about track and field is you can use the objectively good marks to get yourself to a lot of different places. But also, if you stay in state, and at this point, the way that Montana State's track and field program has rapidly risen, they are a regionally elite program now. So it's not to say that you stay in state, you're somehow going to be a big fish in a uh, small pond. Montana State track and field is big time right now. I mean, they had five athletes at the national meet. That's the same number as Northern Arizona has. So uh, that's pretty impressive. But that's all to say that you can stay in-state and still be truly a national championship caliber competitor. Duncan Hamilton ran the, the fastest time, the fastest time period in the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase in the qualifying heat on Wednesday night. That was also the fastest time in all of college track and field in that event so far this year. So he is absolutely uh, in the mix and perhaps, dare I say, the favorite in the 3,000-meter steeplechase tonight. It starts at 7.24 p.m. I know some of you probably love how much track and field we talk. Some of you are probably lukewarm on trying to get into it. I'm telling you, the steeplechase is one of the great... um, one of the great events you can watch if you're sort of unfamiliar with track and field. When you're watching it, some, some track and field might take some nuance to be able to understand what's good, what's great. You know, the pole vault is objectively amazing because these people are going so high in the air and falling so far and all that. But the steeplechase has elements of true speed, true agility with the gigantic non-moving hurdles. It's unique because of the the water puddles that exist that the athletes have to go through. And then it also takes phenomenal endurance. I think that's why it is Duncan Hamilton's sweet spot. It is the perfect distance for him. He he is very good in cross country. He is very, very good at events like the 1,500 meters and the 5,000 meters. But he is nationally elite. He's world class in, in this steeplechase event. And uh, it, I think it's just such a translation from his hard work and dedication, but also it just fits his natural skill set so well. But it's also so cool that he has a teammate who's also a Montana guy in Levi Taylor competing in the finals tonight. So, yeah, take those two. Plus, 
Wisconsin native Drake Schneider, and Montana State has three guaranteed All-Americans with Lucy Corbett, a returning All-American, coming back for the high jump on Saturday. So it's been a great year for Montana State, but I also just think it's worth noting that you can go from high school track and field all the way to the biggest stage in collegiate track. Also must highlight former Billings senior virtuoso runner Christina Aragon. She will run this weekend in her fourth and final finals for the 1500 meters. She has been one of the best in that race period during her four-year career at Stanford. She is absolutely one of the best runners to ever come out of the state of Montana and she's got one last hoorah at the college level. Uh, But I won't be surprised if she keeps on running. Her older sister Danielle who ran at Notre Dame, she is uh, still running professionally so I wouldn't be surprised if the Aragon uh, sisters are running far beyond uh, their college days. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe the ESPN Montana app. Friday Pie Day, so stay tuned about... Oh, actually, probably going to do this right before Carolyn's segment so we can get the, the pizza pie order in down there at Front Street Pizza. So stay tuned. Probably about half an hour from now, we'll be uh, letting you have an opportunity to... Yeah, probably more like 25 minutes. we give you an opportunity to call in and to win yourself a free pizza pie from Front Street Pizza, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, here's what we're going to do. I wanted this next uh, conversation. I want to actually have two conversations, one about the NBA Finals and one about the FCS landscape. We will do that next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is is Now on 2.9 This is sweet. I wonder I haven't heard this song before. I'm into it. Andrew in the back is the DJ for today. Usually we uh curate a playlist either give him one or we work together, but uh, dealer's choice today. So uh this is good. What are we listening to right here on Nuanez now? Uh, this little Big Crit. Ooh, I like Big Crit, man. There was uh, like a hype video. I can't remember if it was the Grizz or the Cats. They had a hype video a couple years ago with a good song of his that uh, got me kind of, that was like my, my first exposure to him, and, and it was good. Welcome back, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, let's talk some uh, FCS football. So I was teasing this yesterday, and then we just got all sorts of jammed up. But, it, you know, that when we get... When we don't get to things that we tease, it's because we're rolling on what we're talking about. And that's a good thing when it comes to this, uh, you know, free-form talk radio like we'd like to do around here uh, on Nuanas Now. But Sam Herter, who's uh, our good friend, a good friend of this show, senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports and BetMGM, he and I will be uh, 
collaborating quite a bit more this year. So excited for that. Excited to add Sam as a uh, very regular a guest on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast presented by Skyline Sports. And we'll also have excerpts of that podcast uh, on this show quite frequently as well. So very much excited for that. But Sam uh, does what, you know, some of the some of us Twitter journalist people like to do, and uh, that stimulates some conversation. We'll just kind of open it up, question and answers. He was on a road trip, I think, so he was just saying, hey, hit me with some, some questions. And one guy asked a really good question, said, North Dakota State's won nine out of the last ten FCS national championships. If North Dakota State was not in the FCS division, who would have won the national championships? And this got me thinking. I rattled through these yesterday. I'll do it one more time. Sam said... In 2011, he thought it would have been Sam Houston State. 2012, Georgia Southern. 2013, he says he doesn't know because Eastern Washington, who was really good, they did not reach the title game that year. Uh, so the, the national champion, you know, maybe the best team wasn't there. But he said probably Eastern Washington, uh, even though I don't believe that their playoff run got derailed by NDSU. But uh, for, he says 2014, Illinois State, who did lose to North Dakota State in the championship. 15, Northern Iowa. 2016, James Madison actually won it. They won in Fargo. The only loss the Bison have suffered on their home field uh, in their Division One history, actually, which is crazy. Their D1 history goes back just to 2004, but they've only ever lost a home playoff game in the Fargo Dome one time, and that was to James Madison in 2016. And then JMU went on to win their second national championship. Sam says then in 2017, 2019, and 2021, James Madison would have been the champion. And he says South Dakota State, when they had the great team that was led by um, guys like Taron Christian, the, the great quarterback, and Jake Weineke, great running, or excuse me, great wide receiver, and uh, Dallas Goddard, who's still in the NFL, great tight end. Uh, he says South Dakota State would have been the champion in 2018. And uh, this got me thinking about just the Division One AA level as a whole. Um, one of the most compelling parts about one double A slash FCS when the division first came out, when the division was first formed, I should say, in 1978, was the the haphazard nature of the division just because of the playoffs. We had some early dynasties like Eastern Kentucky, but then we also had teams that would just get red hot and roll all the way through the bracket. And you saw that with some of the big sky conference teams that experienced national championship glory early on. So Division I AA was formed in 1978. Boise State won the third ever Division I AA national title in 1980. Then Idaho State made it two titles for the state of Idaho in three years when they won it in 1982. I know some of you younger fans out there that follow the Big Sky Conference are thinking, what? Idaho State has a national championship? Idaho State has tremendous football tradition. They just somehow lost it somewhere along the way. And we'll see if Charlie Ragle, the new head coach, can get it back on track. But Idaho State, once upon a time, there was an answer to a trivia question that was such a good one. Which college is the only college with two NFL head coaches saying that that college is their alma mater? And the answer was Idaho State because Dirk Cutter was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a moment in time when Marvin Lewis was the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Also Merrill Hodge, who is so famous for his TV personality but also a great Pittsburgh Steeler. He was an Idaho State guy, too, so they had great teams. That's all to say, then, the Bobcats won the national championship in 1984. And uh, that means the Big Sky had championships in 80, 82, and 84, and three of the first six championships 
in the subdivision. Then, though, we saw the rise of dynasties. Eastern Kentucky solidified theirs. They were the dominant team in the late 80s. Then we saw the rise of Youngstown State under Jim Trestle. They were the dominant team of the late 1980s and early 1990s. We also saw Georgia Southern rise and then sustain for basically, you know, probably the better part of 15 years. And, and they were sort of the team that had the most success from the 80s through the early 2000s. Then you had the App State dynasty of the mid-2000s. It, it's so unfortunate for the Grizzlies that they didn't win a title or two during that 2000s run because they got the title in 95, got to the championship game in 96, got to the championship game in 2000, won the championship in 2001, but then their next several title game appearances, whether it was 04, 08, or 09, no titles, which took away from what was otherwise a utterly dominant run. Montana's wins, their win total from 2000 to 2009, 119 wins. That was the most in the history of college football for a 10-year span for a Division I team until North Dakota State broke that record. And so it, it was an unbelievable 10-year stretch that the only thing that was missing was an extra national championship uh, trophy or two. And then it's been all NDSU since then, and the only other team that's really the only other teams, I should say, that have sniffed it are Eastern Washington in 2010, James Madison in 2016. But this got me thinking about how those that really are into the subdivision and have really followed it from a, a national level, we understand, we know just how good James Madison and Sam Houston State have been these last 10 years. You also could put those teams proportionally in other generations of the FCS slash Division One AA, and I think they stack up favorably. I think that particularly when Willie Fritz was at Sam Houston and they were running that spread option with so much speed on the field, guys like Richard Sincere and Tim Flanders, who were just unstoppable athletes, unstoppable guys with balls, the ball in their hands, and then you had the deception of the option they were running. They were just so complicated and different than so many teams around the country. But then you also add in the speed and explosion and the fact that they had a long line of borderline, if not surefire, NFL guys defensively. And those Sam Houston teams, who knows how many championships they would have won if they weren't consistently playing North Dakota State in the playoffs and or the championship game. But then you talk about James Madison, and they were even better. Uh, the fact that when their athletic department took off and they were able to have, you know, twice if not more the budget athletically for football and broadly for the whole athletic department, it really redefined what their potential was. And they could spend like FBS school, and that's why they're going to make a pretty smooth transition to being an FBS school. But just think of what we would think of James Madison if they would have won titles in 2016, 2017, 2019, and 2021. They probably would have if they wouldn't have had to play North Dakota State somewhere along that run. We're talking about one of the great dynasties in college football history. We're talking about that team right along with, you know, uh, the App State teams that won three in a row. I don't know if anybody's ever going to touch this. I mean, this run that North Dakota State's on is like otherworldly. They are like in this this realm of analysis completely by themselves. <laughs> it's You can't even really compare and contrast them to anything else besides te- other teams within that North Dakota State dominant run. It's been insane to, to watch how they've been able to, to sustain such uh, unbreakable success. But that, it's just it's so interesting to think about the eras and the runs because 
the division was so much about the hottest team in the division for so many years. And we've had teams like that that weren't necessarily this unbeatable juggernaut early, but then got hot at the right time. And you saw, you know, Boise State in 94 run all the way to the national championship before losing. Um, Eastern Washington's national championship in 2010 was very much like that. They're a really good team, but then they caught lightning in a bottle and rode it all the way to the, to the top of the division. Richmond in 2008, the team that beat Montana, very much like that. Villanova, to a certain extent, who beat Montana the next year in 2009, sort of like that too. But then we, so it, it, what I'm getting at is there's a comparing and contrasting. There's a stark dichotomy that exists in the FCS between these sustained runs of dominance that are like dynasties or are dynasties. And then the other side of it, where you just catch lightning in a bottle and you take a good team and become a great team and you run all the way through the playoffs and you use that momentum to get yourself a national championship. The other thing that's interesting, though, when you're speculating on who could have done what where, or I guess who could have done what when, I should say, is the probably the undertold story of the division. And Again, you don't want to take away from the progress of anybody else, but Andrew, our producer in the back, made such a good point about this the other day. He's saying, you know, there's there's a lot of credit where credit is due to teams like Montana, Montana State, and South Dakota State for making the investment to solidify themselves as the elite group right behind NDSU. But then there's also the dynamic of James Madison and Sam Houston State just left the FCS. So that also solidifies Montana, Montana State, and South Dakota State as the powers in the division. So one one thing is true. The other thing is true. They're both true, and they don't take away from each other, but both dynamics are important. The Cats, the Grizz, the Jackrabbits deserve a lot of credit for investing in football, for investing in coaches, for uh, broadening their recruiting reach, for bringing in higher-quality student-athletes. That's all important. They deserve a ton of credit for it. They also now must remain in this this status because the division continues to be diluted. But that's also not a new dynamic. You know, I, there's a lot of people listening to this show right now that are huge Grizz fans or huge Bobcat fans. Well, what was one of the, the biggest factors in especially the Grizz rising to become the flagship program in the Big Sky Conference? Well, obviously the, the erection of, of Washington Grizzly Stadium the hiring of Don Reed, those are both huge factors. And those are both factors that the fan base and the, the following talks about frequently. There's also the factors of Idaho, Boise State, and Nevada leaving the Big Sky Conference. That was an enormous factor in the rise of the Grizzlies. It was. The Grizzlies deserve credit because they took the brass ring, they grabbed the brass ring, and they didn't let anybody else really share it with them. Eastern Washington's been coming hard since the late 90s under Mike Kramer and then Paul Wolf and then Bo Baldwin, and they finally sort of took the brass ring. They also deserve a ton of credit for investing and getting great talent and building this quarterback pipeline that is peerless in small school college football. But there's also the dynamic of Eastern taking that brass ring right after Bobby Houck left, right after the Grizzlies, or right in the midst of when the Grizz first became mortal when they first started stubbing their toes they weren't running the table in the big sky conference anymore they they did show some vulnerability and and the grizz and eastern deserve all the credit in the world for keeping it a little bit away from the cats but the cats also had the great run in the early 2010s three straight big sky titles they were one of the only team i mean they were the only team that beat eastern washington during that 2010 national title run 
The Cats beat Eastern Washington next year as well in 2011 as part of their run to the Big Sky title. But they have had a little bit, you know, that that era of the Bobcats, especially under Rob Ash, they had a little bit harder of a time performing well at the end of seasons. They would, they seemed to lose steam against the Grizzlies. Ash was 2-7 and seven against the Grizzlies in his nine years at MSU and in the playoffs. Just two playoff wins despite four playoff appearances and three Big Sky titles uh, during that run as well. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That, you know, sometimes the most influential, or I, I guess sometimes one of the influential factors, I should say, that's not talked about is the departure of teams from the subdivision. And now when you really reflect on the last generation, the last 20 to 25 years in the FCS, you've seen the defection first of those Big Sky teams in the mid-1990s, like Boise State, Nevada, and Idaho. Then you saw the defection in the mid, uh, I guess, late 2000s of teams like App State and Georgia Southern. And then you've seen the defection recently of the teams like James Madison and Sam Houston State. And now here we are with this little pocket of these rural states in the uh, Midwest through uh, the inland Pacific Northwest, and we'll see if Idaho can actually get a seat at that table. But it, right now, it, it's all concentrated in Montana and the Dakotas. And uh, again, they deserve the credit for getting it there. That's a huge part of this. But also, attrition is a part of the storyline and maybe an undertold part of the storyline as well. But a fun conversation, a fun conversation to speculate on what if North Dakota State uh, was not part of the subdivision, how would that change the history? I think we would have an even higher uh, level of respect and, and admiration for teams like James Madison and Sam Houston State. I also think that we could we could say, I, I've heard this from a lot of people around Montana. Well, why is Sam Houston and James Madison moving up when they, you know, they've only won, you know, Sam Houston only won one national championship at this level, quote-unquote only. I mean, it's an impressive feat. But they did it during the shortened spring season. Well, the fact of the matter is that they were one of the premier FCS programs ever, and so was James Madison, and they just happened to go against a team that's, in my opinion, has been one of the top 30 teams in the United States when they're at their best over the last 10 years. And I'm not just talking in the FCS. I'm talking a team that can go beat anybody. And if you don't believe me, ask Iowa, ask Minnesota, ask Kansas State, ask Kansas. I mean, North Dakota State has won, I think, five or maybe even six FBS money games in a row. So they have proven they can compete at the highest level. So uh, maybe just a misfortune for Sam Houston and uh, James Madison to have to exist this last 10 years with those schools. But we'll also see now what the trajectory, what the potential is of the Montana schools as the division continues to take form. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. We will hear from our great friend Carolyn, the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. And Amaya Lords will join us. She's our mattress firm student of the year from Belt, Montana. Keep it right here. Our number two of Nuana is now coming at you at CSPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 